It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. Club 44 Records has announced the release of a debut duet album. It's called Hand in Hand. Me, myself, and I are all in love with you We all think you're wonderful, we do Me, myself, and I have just one point of view We're convinced there's no one else like you It features the married musical team of actress-singer Julie Banco from Broadway's Funny Girl and acclaimed jazz pianist and composer Jason Yeager. This diverse release features theater favorites, jazz standards, and there's even the delivering of an opportunity for self-expression and improvisation through a raucous version of Janis Joplin's Mercedes-Benz. My guests today obviously are Julie Banco and Jason Yeager. Thank you both for joining us on All That's Jazz. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Well, it is indeed a pleasure to have both of you here today, and uh, your new release, Hand in Hand, is uh, quite wonderful, and uh, just a, just a joy to sit down and listen to top to bottom. Oh, thank, thank you. you. That's what we like to hear. Excellent. So, Julie, let me ask uh, by asking you a question, because there's a quote that says uh, from you that making this recording was so rewarding because it feels like an extension of a beautiful intimacy of our life together. Tell me about that. Well, um, Jason and I developed a lot of these uh, arrangements uh, during the pandemic when we were literally each other's only musical collaborators. You know, we were stuck at home for a long time with just each other. And um, we started doing this series called Quarantunes, where um, we would just um, do live stream concerts on Facebook Live and Instagram Live for friends and family to tune in. And um, we would just play uh, stuff that we were playing in our living room that week or things that they requested. And um, the album really came out of that. You know, the arrangements were ones that we had developed in that time, or some of the songs came to us through requests from our friends and family. Some songs had been with us a long time. Uh, some songs Jason wrote. Um, one of them he wrote for me to walk down the aisle to at our wedding. So it's um, it feels like all of the songs are there uh, because they have a very special place in our relationship and there and and within you know the relationships of the people around us and um we were performing these songs in a time of you know great uncertainty in the world and trying to just provide a a moment for us all to connect even as we were all so disconnected and isolated from each other so uh yeah it was really a gift to have music to bring us together in that time Mm-hmm. So is and this? Also, Go ahead. Oh yeah, please. Oh sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to add that in our lives together, music happens throughout the day, every day. Like our because we're both musicians and performers, we sing to each other all the time, and we're one of us. At least one of us is practicing 
almost all the time. Mm -hmm. We practice together and then also separately. So just the, the very fact of what music is to our relationship, the fact that we made this album where it's just the two of us making all the sounds um, on the record, um, that's very emblematic of our home life, whether in the pandemic, whether in quarantine or, or no, not. No, that's true. I mean, we literally chose the apartment that we're in right now for the piano. And, you know, we could say mm -hmm. we have to find a place that can accommodate the piano. And um, and uh, our, a lot of our day is, is sort of built around that. So it's not an unfair characterization that mm, possibly the theme of this recording is uh, the fact that it is a reflection of a wonderful relationship between the two of you. Yeah. Oh, no, not unfair to say at all. <laughs> yeah. Very fair. In fact. And I, I suppose, uh, if you'll pardon this expression, that it uh, also lends new meaning to the phrase making beautiful music together. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So how, how did a Broadway actress and a uh, jazz musician come together? Were you in the pit of uh, one of the shows, Jason, uh, as a part that of the orchestra? Be, yeah, that would be a quintessentially New York story. But we have a different quintessentially New York story. We just met in Starbucks. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. yeah, but in Midtown, you know, uh, in in uh, Starbucks in Herald Square, and uh, I had finished an audition, and I was killing some time between going, you know, going to sing downtown at the duplex, and Jason had got in off of the Bolt bus. Which does the Bolt bus exist? It does. Actually, that yeah. day I was on Amtrak. Oh, he was on Amtrak coming so that's into why Penn I was, Station, right? And had a gig downtown in the Village, and um, you know, I walked in, I saw him sitting there, and. And I ended up sitting next to him. I was waiting for a phone call and I I heard him on the phone talking to a singer saying, yeah, I'm a jazz pianist. I play with singers all the time. He was interviewing for a job with her and I had a gig coming up and I wasn't sure, sure if my guy could do it. So I, I was like, should I say hi to him? And I did. So I just said, excuse me, are you a pianist? And we started chatting and and I couldn't believe my ears that this this beautiful woman who just walked in was chatting me up in a Starbucks. But it was it was in purely for business. It was, although he then he asked me out on a date and we went on a date. <laughs> but we ended up just being friends and collaborators for like a year because I was going through a breakup and I wasn't really ready. And then about a year later, we sort of realized, you know, I, re I realized how much I liked him. And... Um, just, just as he had started dating someone else. Isn't that always the way? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm the not going to answer that one. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great story. Uh, so it was love at first Frappuccino. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. You could say that. Yeah, I remember we had a debate who smiled at who first. Because the second she walked in, she smiled at me. But she says she smiled at me because I smiled. So well, I, like, and I remember I walked into Starbucks and I looked over and I, he had this look on his face like he was like hit, you know, a, he, he just looked like he was he, he just looked like he was completely in the middle of some tornado. I don't know. You just had this grin on your face like, well, I, I can't believe I think I was struck <laughs> yeah. by you. So then I smiled because he was looking at me all googly eyed. Um, and uh, so we always fought about like, no, you smiled first. No, you smiled first. Well, that's wonderful. And that was actually a song that Jason put on one of his albums that it was like we had been together for maybe a month. And I said, would you ever write a song for me? And he said, well, actually, I did. And it's coming out on my album <laughs> and it's called Smiled First. And But I, I wrote it um, 
at a point where we had decided we were just going to be friends. And so I never told her about it <laughs> until until we got together. Yeah. Before we jump into the album, uh, let me just talk to you each a, a little bit about some of your background so our listeners will get an idea as to where you come from and how it is that you've arrived at the stage of life that you're in now. Julie, uh, let's start with you. Now, you're, you're involved very heavily uh, in uh, the Broadway theater, and right now, in fact, you're involved with Funny Girl. So yes, tell us about that. How'd you get into uh, that particular role? I remember they had announced that they were bringing Funny Girl to Broadway with Beanie Feldstein. And I saw the press release and I sent, a, sent it to my agent. And I said, I'd love to be her, her, her cover. And then I didn't hear anything. And I think they were auditioning people and I couldn't get an audition. And then a few months went by and... I guess they hadn't found who they were looking for. And I finally got an audition for a self tape is what it's called. And you have to basically do a scene and some songs and you have to put it on tape and send it all in. And then if they like it, then you get to do a call back in person. So I got the self tape and Jason sometimes will be my pianist for self tapes because sometimes they'll send you, they sent me a track of somebody playing people and, and I'm the greatest star from the show. And I did not like the tracks at all. So I said, Jason, can you be my accompanist? And um, we both learned the song People from that. We, we didn't know it before, and which, of course, has ended up on the album. And um, sent in my self-tape, you know, didn't hear anything. And then a few weeks later, found out I got a callback, went into the callback. And then I found out I got the job uh, about a, you know, a few weeks after the callback. And it's been a real whirlwind of a year. And I really can't have, would ne could never have predicted the sort of insane tornado that has happened since we started rehearsals in February. I've done two other Broadway shows before this and national tours, worked in regional theaters across the country, and um, I've understudied a lot. And, and I've never had anything happen like this, you know, where I got to play the role and the every suddenly, you know, all of Twitter and all of all of the internet was talking about it. I mean, it was just insane. And and then the way things have shaken out where now I get to play the role, the uh, the role of Fanny Bryce for five weeks and have the part, you know, to myself. And it, it's just beyond my wildest dreams. Um, so it's a very, very cool moment. And, um, you know, we had originally scheduled our album to come out during, I was supposed to go on for a weekend in August, August 26th to 28th. So we, we were like, well, we'll, we'll release it that weekend because it'll be a big weekend. We had no way of knowing that it would be such a, a huge month, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So it's been a really wild, wonderful, exciting time. And I've been having a really good time just going to the theater every day. And, and it's a really, really challenging role, which is what makes it just so incredibly rewarding. And, you know, I get to not only do I get Fanny sings like 14 songs um, and, and I'm in basically every scene, but you know, it's just the comedic, um, the comedic requirements of the role are just, um, it, it's so fun to have a, a, a nice amount of time to stretch out and, and, um, play and relax over a longer run than normally as an understudy, you get maybe two shows here, two shows there. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really getting to feel out, you know, 
comedy is timing and rhythm and music really and and so i'm really getting to explore that and find new things all the time and it's just a blast so is this the culmination of a lifelong dream of being in legitimate theater uh, one day uh, being a star on broadway did it start out when you were a child um i mean yeah i think i got really in interested in it in middle school and high school but but yeah the fact that Jason and I, we went out to have dinner last weekend at the restaurant, you know, across the street from us in Harlem. And the waiter recognized me and said, I'm coming to the show tomorrow and I'm so excited. It's yes, it's absolutely the culmination of a, a lifelong dream of, you know, you, you work hard and train and study and, and not to be a star, right? Like I just do it because I love it. And, and, um, because I just love acting. I love doing, being a part of the theater. But now to get to have a moment of recognition among the community and, and, and have people come together and, and, and celebrate, celebrate that has been really magical. I mean, it's, it's just, I, I sort of can't believe it's happening, you know, and it, it feels like this lightning in a bottle moment what an incredible yeah. achievement and congratulations to uh, reaching this milestone uh, in your career. But I Thank also you. understand, Julie, that uh, you're more than just someone who uh, graces the boards on Broadway. Uh, you also are a jazz singer. And in 2017, if I'm correct, you had a debut jazz album. Was this the result of the relationship with Jason? You bet. You bet it was. Um, you know, j I got more and more. I always liked jazz. In that first conversation we had in Starbucks, I said, oh, I love jazz. But I never really felt like I sang it. And the more I went and heard him play and got to know his friends and got to he exposed me to so much jazz. I mean, I, I'm I still have much to learn, but he's made me much more jazz literate. And um, so that was my first foray into the, you know, recorded jazz music and Jason did all the arrangements and plays on the record and very proud of that um, first album that we did. So Jason, let's uh, jump over to you for a moment. You're quite an accomplished pianist. You're also a composer. You've been a uh, finalist in uh, piano competitions of renown and you, you've released other albums as a band leader and uh, tell us about some of your uh, history and development. Uh, did you start out as a pianist when you were younger, and, or did you pick up a, a different instrument at the time? I started on piano. Actually, I started on a toy keyboard that my Uncle Leonard, I'll give my Uncle Leonard a shout out, he sent as a gift um, when I was about four years old. And I just kind of played around on it. And my dad has a good ear. He's not a musician, but my dad would pick out certain TV themes and, and Christmas carols and show them to me on the keyboard. And that got me kind of interested in playing around on it. Then my parents said, would you like to take piano lessons? I said, sure. Um, and then it was kind of one of many ac kid activities I did. You know, I played sports and I, I did other things. But one thing that always stuck out for me was I loved improvising at the piano, even before I knew the word improvising. I just loved that. I didn't always love practicing what my piano teacher wanted me to practice. But eventually, my mom found a piano teacher who taught both jazz and classical. 
a guy in the Boston area named Dan Lotion, and he really opened up my world to the to Miles Davis and John Coltrane and Art Blakey and Thelonious Monk, of course. And uh, that change and that improvisation, it, it wasn't just a thing that you did goofing off when you didn't want to practice mm -hmm. Clementi or Bach or Mozart. It was it was this idiom uh, all to its own that was valid and, and had deep roots in the in the black American musical traditions of blues and jazz and, and so on. So I got really into that around the same time that Julie got really into theater, like in my middle school and high school years. And, you know, by the latter part of high school, I, I really felt strongly that I wanted to have a life in music and create a life in music. And so that's kind of how I got my, my start. One other thing uh, before we get into the album, uh, Jason, I wanted to ask you, are you still uh, involved with Berkeley College of Music? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I teach piano there, um, mo to mostly to undergraduates. I have the occasional graduate student as well. And uh, that's really a, a passion of mine, too, is teaching. I love teaching. Being part of the Berkeley community is kind of a dream job in that way, because I get to just talk about and play with uh, students from all over the globe and be surrounded by wonderful colleagues who mm -hmm. also push me and inspire me by their through their example and the students do as well because uh, you know they they demand and 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 deserve really the best that we can give them in terms of preparing them for careers in music so um, I'm I teach there uh, I spend one night a week in Boston uh, two two very long days and one night uh, and then otherwise I'm here in New York City if I'm not traveling for concerts or other engagements. Well, and of course, a gig like that, if you will, in terms of the educational role is that oftentimes it leads to other collaborations, totally. as you alluded to. Yes. One of them being uh, on the album, uh, the Kurt Vonnegut suite that you have coming out. Uh, there's a collaboration or an involvement. Uh, he was uh, or is still on the uh, staff at uh, New England Conservatory, and that's uh, Miguel Zenon. Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. And Miguel, I, I met at New England Conservatory when I was a student there and he was teaching. Uh, but he did go to Berkeley uh, as an undergraduate. That's that's coincidental. Um, I, I When I was a college student, I loved his recordings and, and was starting to get into his music. And then suddenly he was teaching and I met him and um, we just continued to cross paths throughout the years in New York on the jazz scene. And I took some composition lessons with him a few months prior to recording the Kurt Vonnegut suite. And he was incredibly helpful and supportive and had really great ideas that inspired me, uh, you know, talk about artists inspiring each other, pushing each other to be better. He really did that as I was crafting this that particular Vonnegut project. And of course, some of the uh, body of work that you're now involved in is certainly the work called Hand in Hand that uh, you yes. are collaborating with Julie, uh, your beloved partner in life. And yeah. the album itself, Hand in Hand, where, where did that title come from? Is it reflective again of the relationship? It comes from the song Louisiana Fairy Tale, which is the fourth track on the album and the first single that came out. And uh, it's, for, it's a lyric from Louisiana Fairy Tale. As hand in hand, we stroll along the trail.
clover The moon is listening to the nightingale And while we're lost in dreams The world around us seems Like a Louisiana fairy tale The breeze is softly singing through the willows As hand in hand we stroll along the trail so we were looking at, you know, when we were thinking of titling the album, we thought we were looking at all of the lyrics on the album and we thought that one really jumped out to us, especially because it was just so, you know, this project has come out of the first year of our marriage and, and all of that. We just felt like it really encapsulated that, that it's just the two of us on this record and in this beginning of our marriage together. And so we, we, we stole it from that song. Well, the, the album Hand in Hand does not have a title track of Hand in Hand because I know there's like 13 different tracks, uh, et cetera, and it's Broadway tunes. We've got jazz standards. There are some other tracks, uh, very well-known music. Uh, and let me start out, Julie, uh, how, how much of an influence uh, were you on bringing the Broadway element to the release itself? Did you choose which tracks or songs should be on there we chose them together i would uh we, yeah, yeah we we definitely chose them together but julie definitely took me to see the shows from which <laughs> they true. are drawn so I, I don't think that i would have been you know in a parallel universe where i'm where we're not in each other's lives god forbid i i wouldn't i wouldn't have necessarily known the songs from hades town well and or, hades town in particular like yeah we were i was doing I was in my doing, getting my graduate degree in acting and we had this musical theater class where we were working on material from Hades Town and I you heard it again you heard the Hades Town material again while that we were people in my class were doing it and you heard cuz I wasn't singing all I've ever known right. um my friend Rena was singing it and Jason heard that song again he went that's a song mm -hmm. and and he said let's work on that, you know? So mm -hmm. it was like from, from my, you know, I brought him to the show. We, he, he saw the show. We liked the show, but it wasn't until later in, in quarantine where you said, let's learn this song and develop it. Cause you really responded to that particular one. And, um, people obviously, you know, when I think I already said you became from me getting the audition for funny girl, um, and another life, which is from Jason Robert Brown's, Bridges of Madison County, which was a Broadway show. That's one that we had done over the years a little bit uh, together. But because you took me to see it. And I had taken him to yeah. see it. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those, I mean, and If I Were a Bell is also uh, from Guys and Dolls. But yeah, I definitely bring some of the theater to the record. For, for sure. sure, yeah. Let me ask you, Julie, is there an, a certain amount of pressure to do a song like People when the, 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 the gold standard supposedly is the Barbara Streisand version of it, or is it just a matter of your take and your arrangement of it? I think um, the fact that we were not so familiar with the original probably helped that we weren't so daunted by Barbara's legacy. And we also changed it purposefully so that we weren't trying to do any sort of imitation.
very different than what I do in the show. You know, it's we we chose a different key, we brought a different feeling to it. We didn't want to go for brassy, belty, very highly emotive. We wanted to go for intimate and seductive and different feelings that came out of the Barbara version. In in putting the album together, I know it's just piano and voice but you added certain elements of either overdub or other track uh, recordings, et cetera, to make it. And I think even, Julie, you played uh, an instrument in one of the tracks or a couple of them, uh, including maybe clarinet, was it? Clarinet and flute and and a little bit of percussion. But yeah, mostly flute on Just Begun and Another Life and clarinet on Louisiana Fairy Tale. Julie owned a clarinet and briefly tried to teach herself several years ago and then got busy with other things. But for her birthday in 2020, right as things closed down, uh, I asked her what she wanted for her birthday. You know, we couldn't go out and do anything really at that moment. New York was on a strict lockdown. And she said, you know, I'd love to finally learn the clarinet. Maybe I could have clarinet lessons. So my birthday present to her was clarinet lessons. And uh, she took lessons with one of my music school friends who's an excellent clarinetist and um on on, on, yeah over skype or facetime or something Mm -hmm. and uh she really flourished like you know she was studying for maybe a year plus before we recorded this album and and uh and and laid down some really nice clarinet on louisiana fairy tale one of the tunes that you cover uh, on uh, this particular album is do you know what it means to miss new orleans and i understand that's kind of a a special place for you in in this world of ours and it is of course uh, for so many other people in in terms of the music called jazz uh, yes. tell me about that selection well it's uh, obviously it's uh, it's a standard and it's been done many many times but we we really love new orleans it's our favorite place to visit and it's got such a rich multifaceted history multinational history you know, having been part of at least three nations and and more if you include the pre-Columbian nations. And uh, it's just a a rich tapestry of cultures and music and and food and uh, celebration and and, uh, so much there. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans and miss it each night and day? I know I'm not wrong, the feeling's getting stronger the longer I stay. Until the pandemic hit, we'd been going about once a year to visit. Yeah, New Orleans became sort of a a very special destination for us. And um, a lot of the songs on here, I think, are dedicated to that 
time in New Orleans. Me, myself, and I, we learned on our first day or second day in New Orleans on our first trip. And there's actually quite a bit that celebrates New Orleans on the record. And its celebration uh, is, is fantastic. It, it, the songs are really well done and delivered. I, I am particularly drawn to the tune Mercedes-Benz. And I say that because that's a pretty raw, kind of gutsy type of song. Uh, how did you choose that one? And you you just pulled that off beautifully. It's my understanding you didn't have sheet music for this, nor did you have uh, any sort of particular arrangement. You just let it rip? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, so that's a great example of what Julie talked about earlier, how during the... Uh, more locked down phase of the pandemic when we were doing these weekly live streams called quarantines audience members would would request songs and our dear family friends mike and julie frakes they requested uh mercedes-benz i believe it specifically it was mike frakes who wanted to hear that one and we were not familiar with it uh so we said oh we're sorry we don't know it but you know what we're gonna learn it this week and next week we'll we'll do it for you and uh, that's how we became acquainted with it. And of course, on the original, it's just Janis Joplin doing her thing a cappella. And so we kind of went in a opposite direction in the sense that we built sort of this orchestra, just the two of us layering loads of percussion and keyboards and synth and and many different sounds to evoke, you know, like a rock band playing in a noisy bar. That was kind of the vibe. Yeah, we sort of kept adding. Like, we started with a bass, and then we said, you know, this would be cool. And then the, our engineer, too, would just go, you know, oh, it'd be so cool if you added more stomps and more, you know, more sounds. So then he would, like, move the microphone closer and further away, you know. So as we added tracks, it sounded like a big room full of people. Um, you know, it's, it's hard, actually, to, to capture the sounds of clapping. Yes. Um, and, and, and stuff. Oh, Lord. Won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? We spent quite a long time in the studio, like just clapping and stomping and stuff. I think we had a sense before we recorded it that we would like to do overdubs and build it up somehow, but we had no roadmap or plan about right. how exactly we would do it. So the the only the, what was live was the Wurlitzer electric piano and Julie's voice, and then everything else we added on subsequent tracks. And um, the guitar sound, remember? Th there's an electric guitar sound towards the end. That's just me at home uh, running a keyboard into my laptop and with an electric distorted electric guitar sound. Well, you spend a great deal of time covering other people's music uh, on this particular release, but then there are two very special ones that are composed by Jason, one uh, being Sweet Pea, which is a tribute to Billy Strayhorn. Tell me about that choice. 
Well, my my first uh, jazz piano teacher, uh, who I mentioned earlier, Dan Lotion, he introduced me to Strayhorn's music, and you know he he sent me straight on you know take the A train is by Billy Strayhorn, not by Duke Ellington, uh, though it became a Duke Ellington theme. And Strayhorn just over the years became a huge influence on me as a as a composer and as pianist as a pianist. And one of my mentors, the great jazz pianist Fred Hirsch, has an incredible tribute record to Strayhorn that was also a formative uh, CD for me that I used to listen to a lot, still go back to and listen to. And it turns out we live just a couple blocks from the historical, from Strayhorn's residence where he lived in in Harlem, in the Sugar Hill section of Harlem. And... um, so I just got really into his music and started doing more research. I read the great biography by David Hadju called Lush Life. And when his centennial was coming up in 2015, uh, I decided to do a uh, tribute concert at Berkeley involving some of my students and myself and a colleague from New York uh, doing a, a concert of Strayhorn's music to celebrate his 100th birthday. Uh, and as part of my preparation for that, I decided to write a song as a tribute to Strayhorn and called it Sweet Pea. And, um, which was his nickname. Which was his nickname. Actually, mm-hmm. it was Ellington's nickname for Billy Strayhorn. Right. Uh, and then um, I later added lyrics to it and uh, started playing it with Julie. actually appears on one other album that I recorded as an instrumental, uh, the album United with the violinist Jason Anik. And then the other the other original composition on this album is called Just Begun. That was also originally an instrumental piece that I wrote for Julie to walk down the aisle at our wedding. And uh, it was played by two dear friends of ours at our wedding. And uh, it was called Aisle Music. It had no title. But subsequently, I thought, oh, this would be really nice to include on our on our duo album that we planned to record, which we recorded only a couple months after we got married. And I decided to write lyrics inspired by scenes from our relationship, from places we'd visited, from experiences we'd had together. And that's where the lyrics came from. And one of the lyrics is um, just begun. So uh, that's how that title came about. They form a truth that is true 
Oh, it's very hard for me not to cry when I sing that song. <laughs> Even just to... reading the lyrics. So the, the first time. time he showed me the lyrics, he had written them out on the notes app on his phone, and he just showed me the lyrics, and I just started crying because they were so. You know, I, don't, I think if you just read them, they don't. You wouldn't know that they're so specific to us, but each little, each image means something very significant to us and it's it's hard to to sing that and not cry i know some of our band members um when we do concerts you know with the full band um they're like we we don't want to be on stage when you do those duets with that are all lovey-dovey because it's just it's just too <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's too okay. intimate and i we don't we just we need to leave and let you two be up on stage together <laughs> So what a, what a beautiful story, and thank you for that. And also, I thank you for a delightful conversation about the two of you, the beautiful music you both make together, especially with this release called Hand in Hand. Tell us how some of our listeners can learn more about both of you. Are you on uh, the social media platforms, uh, and what are they, et cetera? Oh, are we on social media? Julie has um, <laughs> become a social media juggernaut. I only this year I've embraced the social media. Um, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and most importantly, TikTok now. Um, at it's at Juju Julie B J U J U J U L I E B E E. Um, and uh, I have a lot of fun making my TikToks. Um, and uh, it's they're mostly sort of backstage glances on you know how broadway works backstage and stuff those are a lot of fun and i have a website www.juliebanko.com um and that's spelled b-e-n-k-o be like boy and uh yeah so people can find out more about us there and jason yeah my my handle on the socials is at j yeager music j-y-e-a G-E-R-M-U-S-I-C on all of them, including TikTok, although I've only recently made a, an effort on that platform. It's the way to reach the next generation, you know. And then I have a website, jasonyeager.com, where I have a calendar of upcoming gigs and concerts. And uh, November 7th at 54 Below, we'll play with a full band, uh, the music from Hand in Hand as well. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your story, your music, and the beautiful relationship that you both have on All That's Jazz. Thank you, Alan. It was really a pleasure and honor to, to share this time with you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz. And congratulations to vocalist, actress, Julie Benko, and pianist, composer, Jason Yeager, for their debut duet album, Hand in Hand. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.